you have to convince them that they can get into this. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Ted Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Pranay Parikh. Pranay, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Todd. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Pranay, you're with uh, Ascent Equity Group. And why don't you give our listeners a bit about your background and kind of what you're doing today? Yeah. So, uh, my background is actually totally outside of real estate. Uh, I am a practicing physician, uh, and uh, most of my investors are doctors as well. Uh, and but as I grew, I was always interested in a lot of stuff, and that's actually why I picked medicine because you got a chance to learn about the body and do all these other things uh, on top of being a doctor. So. Throughout medicine, I always had a bunch of side hustles, side gigs, uh, and I knew that it was really important what I did with my money um, as much as how much I made it. So as soon as I graduated residency, became a full-fledged doctor, I actually bought a, a small apartment complex, a four-unit here in Los Angeles, and I thought, that was it. You know, I'm just going to buy one of these a year and retire in 10 years, which I, I thought was pretty modest uh, expectations. But after I bought my first one, it just the second one took so long to find. And I actually quit before I even found it. Mm. Uh, real estate in Los Angeles is very competitive, as you oh, can yeah. imagine. And uh, that's when I found syndications and I was like, hey, someone else can do most of the work and they're only going to take a little bit of the profit. Um, let me just invest with them. And at the time, there wasn't a ton of education like your podcast and other sources. So I thought, hey, while I'm learning this, why don't I teach other people along the way, right? And that's kind of what we do in medicine. You learn something and you teach it to someone else and it just makes you so much smarter for it. So my partner and I, Peter Kim, uh, one of my two partners, Peter Kim, we created a course. We've taught thousands of doctors how to invest, find, vet, and invest in syndications. And then eventually they wanted to come together. Our invest, our students wanted to come together and we all invest together. And so that's what I've been doing now. Uh, and I tell people medicine is my side gig because my real full-time job is president and co-founder of Ascent Equity Group. That's cool. So uh, you're still practicing medicine. Are you full-time? You're part-time? Part-time. Part-time. Okay. Um, and and so take me through, so you found syndications. Um, did you, so you, I'm assuming you passively invested uh, right I away? Did. Just yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, my, my actual first deal, I got a 101 IRR in like 10 months. So I was instantly hooked. Well, that's going to hook you really quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming every deal has not received 110 IRR, 101, whatever you said. Yeah. 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 And I actually hit the tail end of that bull market. So, you know, early 2020s, everyone was selling. Um, and that's, uh, I started investing in like 2018, 2019. And so most of my deals, you know, some of them are facing some struggles. Uh, and I think it's just part of real estate. Uh, in real estate, you really get a close eye at the inner workings of what's going on. But think about like all the businesses that you're invested in in the stock market, like Coca-Cola, they take on debt, they 
put out new stock options. They do capital calls all the time. It's just, I don't really pay attention to that. Um, so I'm hyper aware of what's going on in my real estate offerings. Uh, and I think over the long term, the real estate is going to be fine. It's just being successful and surviving till then. Yeah. That's interesting how you just said that. And it's it, it's very true, but most people don't see it that way is Coca-Cola, all these companies are doing capital calls all the time, right? They're, they're, they're constantly doing it. They're constantly raising additional capital. And yet in real estate, if it's done, it's like, whoa, you're doing something terrible. Like, how could you do that? And I think investors have this different perception. Although in capital calls, I'm not saying it's a great thing, right? But sometimes it's a necessary thing to have a positive outcome. Yet I feel like it's got such a negative, uh, you know, kind of vibe to it or whatever. Uh, talk about some of your deals. You don't have to go into specifics at what they are and, and sponsors or anything like that. But I just want to talk to you about you're in a lot of deals. You guys have this education platform. So I'd imagine you're talking with a lot of other doctors, people that have come through you guys and are kind of feeling some of that happening. So tell me kind of what you're seeing out there right now with sponsors, with deals you're in, with deals maybe you're knowledgeable about, uh, what, what's going on? So uh, I do want to take a step back and say that we've never done a capital call, um, but uh, I know that's a big fear uh, yeah. in the markets, but it's just something to keep in mind. Another thing that people think about is fees, but I find that in real estate syndications, because we're so upfront with everything, as opposed to REITs, as opposed to stocks, where all that stuff is hidden in this perspectives, that's 200 pages long, yeah. uh, we highlight um, the good and the bad. So uh, in terms of deals, uh, I am actually super excited for uh, investing right now. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of wealth created. Um, and this is error. Um, the interview is in October 23. I think in the next six to 12 months, whoever gets into deals, uh, the deals are going to be amazing. I, I think the people that are in a little pain, uh, and I'm including us as well, facing some challenges, uh, is the people that haven't uh, put in money in the next year or two or the last year or two. The problem is you don't know when the market's going to change, right? And as long yeah. as you think long-term, um, I think all our deals are going to be fine. So what we do, um, we kind of do the gambit of value-add multifamily. Our uh, our last deal was uh, actually brand new. It was built in 2022, mm. uh, and we bought it from the developer. And uh, anyone that knows developing, uh, they had very expensive construction loans that they weren't able to get out of. So we got yeah. a $25 million discount. Wow. Uh, and uh, you can actually buy a 1980s product for more expensive than what we bought our brand new 2022 uh, product. So we're super excited about that. We have long-term fixed debt on it. Um, so we're going to just be sitting on it until the market gets better, but it's already cash flowing. And so what we look for in deals is kind of two things. One, capital preservation, because most of our uh, Investors are similar to me. They're physicians, and you know we work hard for our money, just like everyone else. Um, and to cash flow, uh, I think people will tell you they don't want cash flow, but uh, if you miss one check, if you uh, if it, uh, a check is a couple weeks late, they'll let you know. So I think 
cash flow is important because that's what you can make decisions on. And if all they care about is investing, then they can just take that cash flow and invest into another deal. But I, I think our investors are smart and we want to give them the opportunity uh, to get their money back as quickly as possible so they can do with it what they want. A lot of our people want to cut down their shifts or maybe not work weekends or nights. Or uh, my cousin does, uh, she's a NICU doctor, a neonatologist. So she works with uh, preemie babies, babies that are, you know, 20, 25 weeks old, mm. that their weight is measured in grams. Uh, wow. And she does 24 hour shifts that are just brutal, you know, with the sickest little babies. Uh, and mm. uh, she'd love to not do 24 hour shifts anymore. And I think we as a civilization should not make anyone do any 24 hour shifts. Yeah, that's anyway. crazy. Yeah. that That's a long day. I, the, Man, I have stayed up a couple times, 24 hours. I don't know how somebody could be working functionally that entire 24 hours. It's just, that doesn't make sense. Um, how do you, like, what, what are the challenges of, of doctors and convincing them or talking to them about syndication, something different than what they're used to, stocks, bonds, mutual funds? So I, I, I have a kind of a pathway, right? So it's um, four steps, right? So one, um, you have to convince them that they can get into this, right? Uh, I think a lot of times when you're super specialized into something like all doctors are uh, or any other professional, you feel that you can't do anything else, right? So your identity is so intertwined with whatever you're doing, you feel, oh, I can't, I can't learn this finance. I can't learn all this stuff. I'm like, seriously, like there's 18 years old out there that are killing it in real estate. And the fact that you learn something so complicated as medicine and continue to learn it because medicine is changing crazy. Yeah, like right. diseases that didn't have a change in medications in the past 50 years, there's a new medication every couple of weeks, diabetes, heart failure, heart blood pressure, cancer is really good, but it's just really hard to keep up with that. And all the physicians are. So you got to figure out your identity Two, You got to figure out why you're doing this, right? So it's going to take some time. Like, what do you actually want? What's the accomplishment of, do you want to reduce your shift? Do you want to increase your net worth? Do you want to save, uh, do you want to minimize your tax burden? Right. So figure mm -hmm. out what you want. Uh, three, you got to figure out what kind of deal really excites you. And, um, sometimes it's not necessarily the deal that makes the most money. Right. So, uh, we are looking at medical offices and that's something that we're going to do in 2024. And that's really exciting for physicians uh, to get into. And maybe it doesn't make them the most money, but it's something, and it's a way for them to support other physicians as well. I feel right? like they understand it too, pretty quickly. I think. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, then, and supporting other physicians, like you said, uh, so it, it just feels good. Right. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like you said, it might not be what makes the most amount of money, but if what's, what feels good to people, what they like, what they are comfortable with, uh, makes and, a lot of sense. And four is just to build a habit, to build systems to kind of go towards that, right? Like you're going to look at a deal every Monday morning with your coffee or something like that, right? It's just to get that repetitions in, but don't rely on motivation, right? You have to build a system to, to do it and to really start taking control over your financial life. So mm. four-part system, you know, one identity, two, figure out your why, three, figure out what you want. Uh, and sorry, identity, figure out what you what you want, figure out what excites you and for build the systems to get it. Yeah. Love that. Love that. 
Um, and that really builds a roadmap of how people can get into this and how they can see that, okay, maybe this isn't so daunting. We got really four steps that we got to figure out. We don't have to figure out everything. And it's like you said, even if they're not doctors, it's not rocket science. It's not that difficult, right? Um, we can figure this out. 18 year olds are doing it. Uh, you can do it as well. Right. Um, what, so talk, talk to me about this education platform. What are you guys doing for, for people? Um, is it an investing platform and education platform or what's it look like? So, and what's it called, I guess. Yeah. So it's called Passive Income MD and uh, it's actually founded by my partner, Dr. Peter Kim. And it's it's a, kind of a digital media company. There's a blog, there's a podcast. We've done conferences. We had we actually just did it. We had about, around 400 doctors there in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and we do the course. And I, I think to do anything, I think you need to have some type of media. You need to have some type of brand. Uh, and for, uh, you know, I have always people that say, hey, Pranay, how did you raise $100 million in equity in three years? Uh, and it's, it just starts by having a brand. You know, we were able to turbocharge through that because my partner had built such a big brand and a loyal following over the many years. So it, it really felt like we did it in no time, but, you know. Right. Is 10 years in the making. So I think regardless of what you want to create, um, it actually doesn't even matter. Uh, Just get started, start talking, find one of the social media, not all of them, but one platform you like, figure out what you do. You like to do video. You like to talk. Like I have a podcast as well called From MD to Entrepreneur. And uh, just figure out which one of those doesn't feel like work to you. And then just double down on that. And eventually when you have products, services, real estate, people will be like, oh yeah, you know, I trust this person. Uh, and they'll go with you wherever you want to take them. So if somebody's a doctor and they're interested in what you're saying, and do you guys have, uh, beyond the, the education, do you, do you have deals that you're showing the group or that, that uh, they're able to get access to? So we actually do our own deals. Uh, we will be we do joint ventures or co GPs, which basically means we always partner with a real estate professional. Because the end of the day, you know, we're still doctors, but we uh, we have kind of the strengths, right? So we do the budget. We uh, have major decision rights. That means we get to. Uh, decide when to buy, sell, even down to the color of the tile if we wanted, which we don't. Uh, but it gives our investors an extra level of protection compared to like a crowd creator, you know, which is kind of like a Kickstarter for real estate. Right. Uh, but when you invest with them, you really don't have any protections. Well, for us, we're really boots on the ground. We visit the properties ourselves, our own team once a month. We're on weekly property management calls. So you have a much better and an extra level of protection uh, when we are part of the deal. And we only have, and we have exclusive access to these deals. So the deals that we get into, there's no other way to get into them other than through us. Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it. Um, Let's talk about some of the uh, growing pains that you guys have had, um, you know, just, just growing the business and, you know, growing this the education platform. Um, you said you've raised a lot of money, hundred million dollars in the last three years, but you've had growing pains. You've made some mistakes. Let's talk through some of those. I think a lot of them go back to just relying on experts and saying, Oh, Hey, 
you know, we actually didn't have really an asset management team um, until our third or fourth deal because the sponsor, the person we're partnering with, they have asset management. They walk the properties every month. Uh, they talk to property managers all the time. And we mm -hmm. thought we could really have a hands-off experience, but you know, no one's going to care about your money more than you are. So we realized we had to build up a whole team uh, to mm -hmm. really handle that volume, you know, so hundred million in equity, it's over $300 million worth of real estate that we own personally. Uh, and so we, you know, we make decisions for our investors um, in their best interest. And even though we have partners, uh, I, you can't really rely on them. So we have gone, we have gone out and found experts. We have gone out, talked to people. And I think the more control that you take, uh, in the beginning, I think will help you because then you know what a what an expert is. You know who you can trust. You know what you can offload. But in the beginning, better to really uh, wear all the hats, even though it's a lot more work for you. Uh, and I think a lot of our deals uh, were in good positions because we have kept up to date. We know what's going on and we've been able to negotiate uh, with, you know, lenders. We've been signing on loans. So we are heavily, heavily involved in all our deals. Uh, we don't just raise the money and kind of disappear onto the next deal. I really like that approach. There's a lot of people out there that are raising capital and they're raising capital and they're being very passive about it. Uh, they raise the money they bring their investors in and they just kind of walk away from the deal and they assume that everything's going to go well because they've got a good sponsor in place. At least that's their goal. And if the sponsor isn't good or quite frankly, even if the sponsor is good, but stuff is going wrong, uh, you just don't have that control if you've taken that stance and you have no opportunity to help negotiate, to help asset manage, to help wherever the help is needed. And again, even if it's a decent sponsor, sometimes it's things don't go right. It, that, one thing I've learned in business is that you will never have everything go perfect. It's just, it's just impossible, right? I love to tell people like, here's a pro forma. One thing I can guarantee you about my pro forma, it's going to be wrong. That's the only thing I can promise you 100% of the time. My performance is wrong. Hopefully, I, I, it's wrong on the positive side, right? We're, we're hoping for it to be wrong on the positive side. But I guarantee you that that 101% IRR deal did not give you a uh, did not give you a pro forma that showed 101% IRR, did it? It did not. Right. No, I think it was like 15%. 15% IRR. They were wrong. They were wrong on the positive side. That worked out really well. There's definitely going to be deals out there that had a 15 IRR that end up at a one IRR, three IRR, maybe even a negative IRR. Um, that's just going to happen. But again, we have to be out there looking for ways we can help out. If you're going to be a, a, a co-GP, right? If you're going to be raising money and if you're doing it the right way too, I think that's really important. Like there's a way to raise money and the way to raise money is not just to raise capital and get paid for it. Because that's not legal, unless you're a broker dealer. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we uh, a lot of people want to raise money for us, and they're like, "Oh yeah, so what are we going to do? Like, how much are you going to give us?" We're like, "Uh, yeah, can't do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be careful. You want to make sure you're following the rules. Um, what? Uh, where are you guys? 
looking to kind of expand and grow the business? Like what's next steps for you? So one of the things it, right now, equities, it's hard to make a pencil in, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning you yeah. do value add uh, because we have been getting offers of doing debt or preferred equity at anywhere from 12 to 15%. And you're super protected, right? Because every deal has debt and at the bottom, that means they have to get paid every month. Uh, some will have preferred equity. So it's kind of in the middle where they have to get paid a little bit every month and then a lot of it at the end. Um, and then equity where you get to get all of the stuff, but you just have to let the other Be people patient. get paid first. Yeah. yeah. So if you can get preferred equity or debt at the same terms as you normally would get in equity, it's a no brainer because you're protected. So for example, there's this one deal that we're looking at where the equity is 27 million. They need a couple million worth of pref. So if the property was to lose money, it would have to lose $27 million worth of value after you put in money. So it's the chance of that happening. It's not zero, but it's as close to a zero as possible. So then you're very protected. Granted, there's no upside, but if you're getting similar results, um, anywhere from 10 to 15%, it's hard to say no to that. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you're, you're always giving up something, but it's still, it's not a guarantee how you're talking, but it's, as you mentioned, man, they have to give up $27 million of equity. And as long as you run the numbers, of course, and everything looks good, that makes sense because you're nearly promised, it's still not promised, but you're nearly promised to get that 15% or whatever it ends up being. Like you said, there's no equity upside, but hey, dude, we've got very little risk here. Let's, Let's go. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, deals are really hard to pencil out <laughs> right now uh, on a on an equity basis or on any kind of basis. They're they're, t- they're tough. Um, are you guys? Are you seeing? Um, are you seeing sponsors struggle a lot? The, the sponsors you've worked with are they struggling finding deals? So yes. So I, I think. Very few people are transacting right now. I think mm. a lot of people are trying to shore up their current investments. And, you know, 80% of loans over the past couple of years have been bridge loans. Um, and it, yeah. it almost didn't make sense to do a, a fixed rate loan, an agency debt, because you couldn't get any of the numbers to work. So right. I don't blame necessarily people, but... Uh, so I, uh, the expenses have gone through the roof, insurance, taxes, and stuff. So I think most people are just trying to make sure that their deals are still solvent. Uh, and then I also see that there is some distress. People need pref equity. People need more debt. They need mezzanine debt. Uh, so we're, you know, the nice thing about our equity is that, you know, it comes from doctors. Our last deal had 400 investors in it. Uh, so, uh, and it was 24 million in equity. Uh, so we have a pretty deep bench. Um, and so we're able to provide a lot of capital as needed to uh, other groups. So we're positioned in a pretty good place. Are you guys raising and doing uh, kind of that rescue capital type fund? Is that what you're talking about? So that's what we're looking into. Uh, the problem is... Uh, Typically, deals that need rescue capital, you kind of don't really want to rescue it, right? So 
what what we'd prefer uh, is to just take over the property. Um, mm. The the equity would lose, uh, you know, they'd kind of lose their shirt. But uh, what is interesting is if you as a sponsor sell a deal at a loss, uh, then it is a scarlet letter on your uh, your balance sheet and right. no one's ever going to want to give you a loan again. So what often happens is that sponsors will put in their own money just to get the loan hole. Um, so a lot of times if you, you can, when there's distress, you could buy a property for the loan and the whoever owns it currently will thank you um, despite all the equity losing their money. So right. I think that's going to be more uh, available. Uh, the problem is that's not available in the open market because no one wants to let you know that that's happening, right? Um, so you really got to have connections. You really got to know people in the business um, to help them out. So it's a, it's kind of, it's a win-win for the sponsor. It's a win for you. It's just unfortunate for the equity that's in the deal. Yeah. And like you said, it's really tough to find those types of deals. You need to well, it's it's like anything. It's just building relationships. So you should be building relationships with the brokers because some of the brokers are hearing about those deals and they do understand what's going on. Uh, but build relationships with some of the lenders out there, with other sponsors. If you know sponsors that have been buying over the last couple of years, just reach out to them. Hey, you need any help? Is there any way I can help? We, we've got some equity available. Um, you know, so knock on doors and that's how you're going to find deals. All right. Um, what are, what are a couple of success habits that you have that really, you know, you feel like are important, uh, your daily routine or things like that? So a couple of things, uh, I have a weekly consumption day. Um, it's usually Sunday where I just will catch up on all my, uh, newsletters, podcasts. Um, and I, I feel that gives me a ton of ideas for the week. Uh, mm. uh not that smart. Um, I just know a lot of smart people. So, uh, and you know, not know personally, like I sign up for the newsletter, I follow them on LinkedIn, uh, and I'll just read what they say. And I was like, if it makes sense, I'll try to apply that. Uh, so that's the one thing. Number two Love is, that. sorry. I said, I love that. I love yeah. that uh, kind of catch up day or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I do that as well on every Friday is I try to say no to meetings. And I try to have that day be like the day that I get to the newsletters and do that type of stuff and really um, try to grow instead of always doing the other thing that I've done recently is um, my focus right now um, over the next couple of months is to grow my LinkedIn presence. Mm. So the big thing I do is I just write my LinkedIn post for the day, the first thing, you know, instead of sure. catching up on emails, catching up on all this other stuff that can be endless black holes. I just get the LinkedIn post done, posted, uh, reply to some comments, and then, you know, then I can move on for my day as opposed to doing everything else and then realizing it's past the time that I wanted to post my LinkedIn. Is there a reason you chose LinkedIn versus another social platform? It is. You can have an outsized impact on LinkedIn uh, because, so for example, I'd say 7,000 um, is kind of the sweet spot of followers hmm. in LinkedIn. I'm about half that, but 7,000 on Instagram, on anywhere else would be kind of pittance, you know, sure. but on LinkedIn, uh, because people are actively using it, uh, people are commenting, uh, you know, they don't really have a problem with bots. Uh, I think that is 
uh, it's a lot more powerful. Uh, it takes it takes longer, right? So seven thousand followers on LinkedIn, and you're not going to get that. While you know one post on Instagram could get you, you know, ten to twenty thousand. So yeah, it's a little bit different. But uh, and then our investors are mostly physicians, and so they'll find us on there. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. It's more of a professional website. I think it depends on or uh, social media platform it depends on what you're looking for, right? And and who you're trying to impact. Facebook would be probably fairly decent for uh, your coaching. Although, like you said, you're trying to impact physicians, so they're they're hanging out on LinkedIn. Um, what is I want to wrap up with a couple different questions here. What's a favorite book that you uh, want to yeah. pass down so, to our listeners? Uh, I have this available because uh, I get this question every so often. And, you know, people are like the one thing by Gary Keller or like, you know, uh, how to influence people. But I like to have something that's different. So um, this is called uh, the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. And what it is, is it collects words um, that are either made up or from different languages that talk about the human emotion. So I'm going to just pick a random one. Let's see. Um Oh, here we go. Uh, po- uh, POVism, uh, the frustration of being stuck inside your own head, unable to see your face or read your body language in context, only ever guessing how you might be coming across, which makes you think of yourself as a detached observer, squinting out at a lush painted landscape, though to everyone else, you seem woven right into the canvas. So it's just mm. like, it's things and feelings and emotions that we have and that people much smarter than I have put into words. And a lot of times it's words in different languages because uh, a lot of times emotions are better carried in, you know, different languages because it's part of their context. So, um, you know, I just pull it up every so often, just pull up a random page, read a a definition or two, and I love it. Cool. I like that. Definitely something or a book that nobody has said on this podcast. So I've had a lot of different books, but not uh, the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. So, um, Pranay, what's um, what are your three pillars of wealth cre- creation? Yeah, so I, I think number one, personal development, and especially in a time when there's not much else to invest in, right? If you had a hundred thousand dollars, like I really wouldn't know exactly where to put it right now, uh, other than maybe debt. Uh, so instead take that, you know, maybe take half of that 50,000 and see, Hey, where can I invest in myself? So, um, don't go with a degree, but you can get coaching. You can do mastermind. You can take some courses, uh, and just by the time it is a good time to invest your capital, you're just going to be so much better, right? Um, so number one is uh, personal development. Um, number two is real estate, right? That's why we're all here. Uh, <laughs> and I think that takes different forms. Uh, and if I was younger, I'd probably do a lot more active real estate. Um, and I'm actually coming back around because um, because of the amount of real estate I do, I get real estate professionals. So now I'm thinking about how do I get as much depreciation as possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot yeah. of my family members want to go in together. Uh, so some development, real estate. And then I think you've got to have a backbone of the stock market, right? Um, VTSAX, right? Or VTI, like just boring index funds um, and having that just sitting in the background, making it a couple percents every year. Uh, I think that just makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe your retirement accounts, 
Uh, so I think if you get those three, it'll be nice and well-rounded and it's really not that complicated. Yeah. It, it feels complicated from the outside, but you're right. It's just not that complicated. Uh, you start taking action and you start getting results and it just snowballs pretty quickly. Uh, Pranay, anything else you want to leave our audience with? I think it's, it's so easy to, uh, say, Hey, I need to read another book. I need to go to another conference. I need to take a course. I need to get a master's degree, but what you do just need to do is get started, right? You, the whole world's education education is on YouTube. Uh, grab one book, maybe follow one person on YouTube, and that's really all you need to get started. And yeah. uh, consider whatever money you save. Say you lose all, you buy a property, you lose all of it, right? Consider that the cost of education. At least us physicians, we spent anywhere from two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars on our education, and yeah. so uh, it's going to cost a little bit to get started. But just that's what you need. You need to get started. Yep. Yep. If you're not going to take risks, you're not going to get results. Pranay, how can our listeners get in touch with you to learn more about what you got going on? So if people want to see what kind of deals we have available, you could sign up at ascentequitygroup.com forward slash start. Uh, we do a bi-weekly newsletter, uh, talk about state of the market uh, and just different things that we're interested in. One of the things we're looking at is medical offices that I mentioned earlier. And if someone wants to reach out to me directly, I'm super easy to get a hold of. It's Pranay, P-R-A-N-A-Y at ascentequitygroup.com. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes for everybody so you can reach out. Uh, reach out and connect with Brene and learn kind of more about what they got going on and really appreciate it. Appreciate your time and uh, the knowledge you've been able to bring to the show. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks. See you too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review. Just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.